I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. From ghetto to ghetto to backyard to yard, I sell it, whip it. I sell it, whip on whip. It's off the heart. I'm the neighborhood pusher. Call me subwoofer because I pump bass like that, Jack. Or on and off track, I'm heavy because bell till you fall because you could duck to the fetty goys. What goys? Anyway, sorry, <laughs> my, sorry, my love. What I'm seeing through these eyes, Ben's convoys with the wagon on the side. Only big boys keep deuces on the ride. Gucci Chuck Taylor with the dragon on the side. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips podcast with your host Rod and Karen. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time to get off into another show. Um, uh, this is the Black Out Tips. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Podomatic. Just search the Black Guy Who Tips, and we will come up. And uh, you know, once you're there, you can uh, leave us a five star review. And we'll read it on the show regardless of content, no matter what it says. But it has to be five stars. If it's not five stars, then we won't read it. Mm-mm. It's a fairly simple rule. I like to think that most of you guys can follow it. Um, you know, and uh, we appreciate that. People that go to uh, theblackouttips.com can actually participate uh, by leaving comments on the website, voting in the polls, leave comments on their votes in the polls. You can even go to theblackouttips.com slash premium and become a premium listener. Uh, to the show um and uh that's dope too because you get to listen to the spinoff shows that we do yesterday we recorded uh nerd off so uh in your premium feed you guys should see that we had chris and aaron from from um ashley three classic from the black astronauts podcast um who was also up for a black weblog award mm-hmm. uh we had them on the show and we talked about a bunch of nerd stuff uh, it got pretty heavy in the Gamergate again. Um, but, uh, it was crazy because, um, after we did that show, I was on Twitter talking about Gamergate a little bit. And, oh no, I wasn't even talking about it. Mm-mm. A listener from, named Alpha Nine from like, in, like Europe or some shit. Like he, he not from America. He hit me up and was talking about we got Gamergate all wrong and, we didn't get the correct information and shit. So he was like going on and on about it on Twitter. And I actually was like, you know, fuck it, man. Um, you know, cause he was like, what's your Skype? What's your Skype? I'm going to talk to you. And, uh, I let him call me, uh, on, on, uh, our phone line here. And I talked to him on Skype for like an hour and a half about, um, different shit with Gamergate. And I recorded it. I haven't put it out. I don't, I haven't decided if I want to put it out cause, the audio quality on his end was kind of bad. You know, it, I can understand him sometimes, but sometimes it was cutting in and out or his accent, you know, was kind of weird. Um, and I think I got a better understanding of the Gamergate shit, but, um, at the end of the day, man, like I still, you know, think that those guys are way off base. But, um, anyway, I might put it out, might not. I don't know. Maybe make it something for premium people or something if they feel like listening to it. Um, but yeah, so we, we're, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more today too. Okay. Um, the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport It's bullet ball a bullet ball extreme. And today's podcast is brought to you by shadow dog productions. And it's brought to you by the best of Rod and Karen, uh, audio play collection. Make sure you guys go on iTunes or if you, uh, would rather do it on Spotify, you can go on Spotify and listen for free. But uh the best of Rod and Karen, just search that. We'll come up. Uh you can listen to it right there. Um it's a collection of 
skits from Karen and I where we, uh, you know, read different uh, parts that Dexter from Shadow Dog Productions wrote for us and stuff. And uh, it also has uh, some, you know, it also has uh, other people that have been on the show that are friends of the show. And they have skits on there and stuff, too. I think people are going to really enjoy that. Uh, yes, it's fun. Yeah, we're supposed to be recording some more stuff with them next Sunday. So Next Sunday know. won't be a live show. Yeah, next Sunday will not be a live show. So, so yeah, man, make sure you guys uh, check that stuff out because uh, it helps the show out. Um, and uh, anytime, you know, you check out The Best of Ride and Karen, leave us a five-star review or something on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Let, pe- let, pe- let people know what you think about it because uh, – that's also another way to help out the show. Um, all right, it's time to talk about our sexy sponsor. Let me see what we got here. It seems I've lost a track of time. Cause suddenly the day turns to Let me ask you something. Are you getting enough? Can you ever get enough? I bet you'd love to get more, right? Wouldn't we all like a little bit more? Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more. With 10 free gifts. First, you get a sexy little surprise for her. Secondly, you get a special selected toy for him. And third, a little something that we know y'all both will enjoy. Plus, you'll get six free full-length adult movies on DVD. And for number 10, you get free shipping. Free shipping is the best, guys. And it's for your entire order. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys get your 10 free gifts by going to adamandeve.com, selecting any one item. It could be a adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Lubrication, condoms, paddles, anal bees, butt plugs, all kinds of stuff, guys. Um, but just put in code TBGWT when you go check out and you get your 10 free gifts, guys. That's adamandeve.com. Select one item and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping, when you order and put in the offer code TBGWT. That's TBGWT at adamandeve.com. Make sure you guys treat yourselves. And my thing is, where else can you get a, a one for ten trade? That's an awesome deal to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Buy one, get ten free. You ain't getting that nowhere else. I like it even better than the last deal. Bunch of free shit. Whole bunch of free shit. Free shipping still. I mean, come on. Uh, all right, we got stuff to talk about. First of all, um, we had a feedback email that we didn't um, read yesterday by accident. Okay. So I'll go ahead and read it. It's from my girl, Miss Danny Tan. She says, catching up on shows. Hey, family. Sorry I haven't had much time to leave feedback. The world of scientific research never stops. But I have been a faithful listener, and I have been telling my friends about your show and that they should leave your five-star review on iTunes. Also, I still plan on sending you a little something special and buy your cafe press shop so that I can officially claim my title as the official scientist of the show. I heard the rules, LOL. All right, let's get the feedback. Episode 793, Right Supremacy. Rod, I am not a lefty. I know what you're going through because my little sister is a lefty. My mom had me going through Walmart and Target searching for left-handed scissors, notebooks, etc. I support you, fam. 
I support you too, Dick, Miss Danny. Thank you. Episode 796, Everybody Hates Raven. I mourned for a bit about the ending of Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, the days of DuckTales, Tailspin, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, and all the other good cartoons. Let's sign. Nowadays, I can, uh, I can watch, I can, wait. Nowadays, I watch I Love Lucy and the Golden Girls on Saturday morning, so I guess I've gotten old. Um, those, you know, I'll tell you, Golden Girls is my shit growing up. Yes, it is. Um, I Love Lucy was, was good too, man. Like, I used to watch those with my grandma when she would keep us eating oodles and noodles and watching, uh, Blanche and Rose and Dorothy mm-hmm. and Sophia get into it. Uh, y'all also talk about the kitchen. Listen, I could have sworn y'all were going to play a clip from Auntie Fee, bro. I haven't laughed at a cooking show, uh, more than I did that. Uh, Auntie Fee is that woman that does the, um, ah, yeah, cooking in the, uh, and the video she linked to was no longer available, but she does that, like, cooking in the kitchen where she, mm-hmm. like, cusses and all that shit. Yes. Uh, episode 797, 7th Heathen. All I have to say is that I love me some Denzel and I'm here for the rap that he is the best actor ever, lol. This came right on time as I just listened to Black on Black Cinema's review of American Gangster. Thanks for suggesting that podcast, y'all. No problem, man. No problem. Episode 798, Shaming. Y'all mentioned engagement rings and how the price determines the length of the marriage. I can't remember who mentioned it, but it was, a, but it was a scam made up by De Beers. But I remember seeing the video about it. Even if it's true, I still want a ring. It doesn't have to be goofy or obnoxious, though. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It doesn't even matter if you know that engagement rings and wedding industry and all that shit is a scam. If your woman wants one, you're going to get it. So Right. If if that's what she in, and you know what type of and what kind of woman, you know, that you're marrying. And uh, one thing Roger say, which is a hard for a lot of people to do, but as you get older, your standards change, you know, the things you'd want in life changes and things like that. And because, uh, especially when you meet somebody older in life, you compensate time with money, mm-hmm. you know. And so that has a lot to do with why rings are bigger and all that stuff, too. And, you know, in, in, in addition to the scam, don't get me wrong, um, but when you're younger and y'all both broke, you ain't got the money to be going out and spending $50,000 on a ring. Lab gonads. Who the hell thought of that? Yeah, we're talking about penises grown in the lab. Right. Now I work with long, it, wait, I work with long endothelial cells at work and we get them the same way. Washing the organs, donors long with a specific detergent and extract specific lung cells. But we never try to grow a new lung from it. However, the idea is quite brilliant. What man wouldn't want a new functioning real penis if he somehow lost his? If a guy gets a lab penis, does he get to pick the color? And if a woman gets a lab vagina, will it be like she's a virgin again? I'm sure the those surgeries would be interesting. The possibilities are endless of science. Well, that's the lab geek in me with all those questions. LOL, I'm not that much of a pervert. Sure you're not. <laughs> well, sorry to write so much. It's been too long. Look forward to more episodes. Love y'all, Miss Danny 10. Still funny, bullet ball extreme, my point. All right, so we got all the feedback now, officially. Yeah, we missed that one yesterday. Yeah, so thank you. Um, now let's talk about different stuff that's happening in the news and whatnot. Um, there's a, uh, in Detroit, where they just got a mayor mm-hmm. for the first time in, uh, what is this, over a year now? Yeah. I, I feel like Big Sean rapped on, um, control on the control verse uh we don't even got a mayor 
was was claiming yeah. the city of Detroit, and um, that's been like a year, dog. Yeah, they may have got arrested, and it was like, no, uh, guess we just won't be getting no mail. Yeah, because uh, it's like, who would want the job? Yeah, it says that Detroit hires former New York City budget director as deputy mayor. Um, as so deputy that, mayor, she ain't even the mayor. She like the substitute mayor. Till they get real mayor, then I don't know. No, it says Mayor Mike Duggan. Duggan on Wednesday now, so they, they did get a mayor. Okay, okay, Mayor Mike Duggan. Okay, now they got a deputy mayor. Okay, cool, good for them, man. Um, uh, but it also says Deputy Mayor Mike Ike McKinnon will keep his position. What they got right. two of them? Right. What's the deputy mayor? That's my biggest question. What the hell? Well, I I think it's the person that the mayor sends to talk when you know, he doesn't show up like he did in my old job. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, man. Um, so so they got a a police officer who got suspended because he had on the watch of a victim who was killed. <gasps> what did he steal the shit? A Detroit police homicide sergeant has been suspended after department officials found him wearing a murder victim's expensive watch. Sergeant Alex Vinson was the officer in charge of a case several months ago involving an unknown murder victim who was found wearing an expensive German main watch. Um, the watch was photographed and put in the storage in the homicide section's property room. The victim has not been identified, and the homicide case has gone cold. This week, while Vincent was in Idaho for advanced police training, fellow homicide detectives decided to reopen the case. Detectives wanted to take another look at the watch. But when they removed the victim's belonging for the property room, the watch wasn't the same one that was photographed at the start of the case. Instead, it was a cheaper model. So he replaced it with a cheap watch. He should have known that they were going to find some shit like that. This watch ain't even made for our country. It's possibly, like, unique of of, of, of some point. You know what I'm saying? Once once your watch get to a certain level, dog, um, yeah, they're going to catch your ass with... with this dead man's expensive ass watch on. The detectives quickly form, informed police officials about the discrepancy. We were made aware of this a few nights ago and immediately initiated an internal investigation. We directed Vincent to return home. Craig added the FBI helped police recover the watch, which Vincent was wearing during the training session. Damn, he had no shame. Right. Yeah, I stole this bitch. Floss. <laughs> I took your watch, nigga. Vincent returned to Michigan Michigan Wednesday and was read his Miranda rights by internal affairs officers. The case is ongoing and the sergeant has been suspended while we prepare a warrant for uh, review by prosecutors. And he's a sergeant too, so is he been doing this shit for, for some, I'm assuming some years to be a sergeant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just dumb. Check the rest of his house. Right. How much shit did y'all done close the cases and shit like that? He just went just flossing it up. This paint right here, this is an original. I got this one back when, you know, they was doing that sting where they was wrestling them paint artists. What? Yeah. This is a whole bunch of, like, him walking around, like, looking at, uh, at people, like, whenever someone gets uh gets arrested or something, he's mm-hmm. just like, mm, those are nice shoes. Do you, do you think he got, like, cribs, like, police cribs, all the shit he done stole from the evidence room? What do you mean, cribs? You know how they, when they do cribs, they go around flossing their oh, house? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he be like, this is gonna be called evidence room. Yeah, what's going on, MTV, you broke bitches? Yes, I got this one back in 1945. This is an original from the Holocaust. This is Scarface poster from the actual Scarface. Right, right, I right. Sh- we, we, we shut him down and stole his shit. 
right what the hell is wrong with this dude yeah that was just crazy i didn't even use it for Priester race but you know he was black of course he was black but yeah i wonder like i said he's like look at them cufflinks i'm just i'm just gonna take him what the fuck yeah how many other like solved crimes because it looks like what he did was he waited until the case went cold was like nobody's gonna look into this now i'm gonna replace this watch nobody will notice this and i mean if you think about it in a case like that with a rent you don't know anything about the person except that they were murdered um and they had an expensive watch the expensive watch is probably going to be a pretty big clue as to who they are it's, right and it's kind of the only thing they have to go on so if they show up and there's a fucking timex in there <laughs> you know instead of a rolex right it was a, just a, di- a digital watch and shit like from walmart <laughs> right they're gonna go back in there and catch them paintings i was talking about but like, whose kids drawing is this yeah. i thought there's supposed to be original mona lisa back here right so i just yeah like i said this house probably full of xbox ones and shit from criminals would <laughs> yeah. you know what i can guarantee you this ain't the first time like you said they actually probably don't need to check check his house i guarantee you he got other shit there's like cold closed cases like cases they close but they're not but you know sometimes they hold on to that shit mm-hmm. so i could imagine man he got all kinds of people shit up in his house yeah uh chuck spears in the chat said his time was up anyway <laughs> yes it was mm-hmm. yeah uh but uh yeah so that's just i just thought that was funny man um and yeah you know somebody making a joke you know our boy our boy walked in when they arrested him pulled his glasses mm-hmm. down go i guess it was just a matter of time <laughs> oh won't be fooled again <laughs> <laughs> time's up right right yes uh that's a show conservative bishops move away from gay overture vatican city talking about the catholic church a fight for the soul of the catholic church is broken out and the first battlefield is a document on family values that pits increasingly alarmed conservatives against more progressive bishops emboldened by pope francis's vision of a church that is more merciful than moralistic on tuesday conservative bishops distanced themselves from the document's unprecedented opening towards gays and divorced catholics calling it unacceptable uh, an unacceptable deviation from church teaching that doesn't reflect their views and vowing to make changes to the final version. The report released midway through a Vatican meeting on such hot button family issues as marriage, divorce, homosexuality, and birth control signaled a radical shift in tone about welcoming gays, divorced Catholics, and unmarried couples into the church. Uh, yeah and listen all that bling the pope wearing ain't gonna pay for itself y'all keep kicking niggas out you know the money gonna keep going down so you gotta start letting them back in right you know like get your gay ass back in here man we need that 10 percent. right because a lot of these churches they've closed down parishes they've had to combine parishes and shit like that just to cover a lot of their costs Mm -hmm. because you know literally with the organization people left by the actually the million millions people was like fuck it like you know because are they all over the world people's like i'm not dealing with this and they left and not and they not coming back which means that's money that's not coming back um his message is um what yeah his message was um one almost revolutionary acceptance of almost revolutionary acceptance and understanding rather than condemnation gays it said had gifts to offer the church and their partnerships while morally problematic provided gay couples with precious support the church it added must welcome divorced people and recognize the positive aspects of civil marriages and even catholics who live together without being married 
the leaders of the bishops meeting or synod that produced it stressed Tuesday that it was merely a working paper and was never intended to be a statement of church doctrine, but rather a reflection of the of bishops' views that will be debated and amended before a final version is released on Saturday. Still, its dramatic shift in tone thrilled progressives and gay rights groups and has made conservatives already deeply uncomfortable with Francis's aim to make the church a field hospital for wounded souls that focuses far less on the rules and regulations emphasized by his two predecessors. The document was remarkable both in what it said and what it didn't say. Absence or assertions of Catholic doctrine present in most church documents that gay sex is intrinsically disordered and that couples who co- cohabitate are living in sin. In this, in that place were words of affirmation and welcome. So, yeah, basically, you know, everyone thought the Catholic church had this huge shift. And, you know, Pope Francis has been good at, at doing this, which I, it feels to me like lip service, you know, hey, yeah. We're cooler with gay people than you think. Yeah, but y'all not changing y'all bylaws. Yeah, we're not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. We're not going to actually put anything in the writing that right, matters. Right. But we'll come out and we'll say certain things and we'll get emboldened by this. And people that are, you know, very desirous for the Catholic Church, they like come around to those ways of rest of society or whatever, to just the, the social standards that we have. Um, it's not happening. Mm-mm. But they get excited about it and they start writing articles and CNN covers it and they make it seem like the Pope said being gay is okay. And then always 48 hours later after the Catholic Church has any type of revolutionary breakthrough or what appears to be like some forward thoughts or some progressiveness. If somebody has a meeting, then you have somebody else coming out and be like, ignore right. that nigga. We, okay, yeah, y'all love him. We understand that. But don't be coming up in the parishes talking about we have a right to be here or don't be coming up in here with your divorced ass talking about um uh I got a right to communion cuz the answer still going to be nope. I wonder how much of this is because like for some people church is like a club mm-hmm. and they just don't want people to get in. That's true too. Like hey, I fought to get my spot in this church. Watch should you be able to get in here? Yeah, and that's not how it's supposed to go, but yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll just think about that. Um a passenger forced the airplane lavatory door open and sexually assaulted a woman. How is that possible? Oh, uh, he broke into the plane's bathroom and forced his way in. Nobody heard this shit? Um, I don't know. Well, no, people heard it. Yeah, people heard it. Um, a 29 year old Hawaiian man sparked terror on a Japanese airlines flight after sexually assaulting a female passenger in the plane's bathroom. Michael Tenoi, who was traveling with his mother, allegedly forced his way into the restroom an hour and 45 minutes after the flight to Kansai, Japan, took off from Honolulu International Airport. He then tried to take the Japanese passenger's clothes off before exposing himself, it said. While struggling with Tenoi, the unnamed woman managed to push an emergency button. However, she remained trapped with him for a few minutes on the flight as a flight crew and other passengers and her, pa- and her panicked mother tried to open the bathroom door while the suspect was allegedly blocking. Wow. Oh, so he broke in and blocked the door. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, her own mom was outside. Wow. The group finally managed to unscrew the door's hinges, rescue the woman, and subdue Tanoi, who lives in Halo, according to Hawaii News Now. 
following the incident last Saturday, the captain was forced to abandon the plane's journey to Kansai International Airport and instead return to Honolulu. The condition of the woman who was returning home after a four-day vacation with her mother remains unknown. However, a male passenger was reportedly injured during uh, while trying to subdue Tanoi. Upon arrival in Honolulu, Tanoi was arrested by FBI agents and charged with interfering with a flight crew and aggravated sexual assault on board an aircraft. The sexual assault charges carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. Before the alleged attack, Tanoi yeah, so was... Like, oh, you want to get pussy in the sky? Okay. He tried to join the Mile High Club. Yes, he did. Without permission. Before the alleged attack, Tanoi was heard shouting words that were incomprehensible. FBI Special Agent Nicosi Wilson wrote an affidavit. Uh, his mother reportedly told a flight attendant he suffered from depression and was on medication. And while Tonoi stood up and walked around the plane calmly, um, oh, okay, so his mom was there. His mom was there, too, and her mom was there? Damn. So, yeah, his mom told a flight attendant, like, hey, he got he's depression. He's 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 uh, on medication. That ain't got nothing to do with his sexual assault and his woman, though. Flight attendants agreed not to serve him alcohol because he was on medication after the incident. The mother gave him a dose of his medicine and he fell asleep. After so after the incident, he was allowed to just sit back down, take his medicine, and go take a nap. After the incident, wow, that's what it said. After the incident, his mother gave him a um, dose of his medicine and he fell asleep. Oh, probably because they didn't have anybody like on the plane to um, like no air marshals or shit like that. Yeah, possibly. The captain of the plane poorly made the decision to turn around. The, two hours into the flight after hearing that it took three passengers to keep Tanoi calm following the alleged assault. Tanoi, who was who was being held without bail at the Honolulu Federal Detention Center, appeared in federal court for a brief hearing yesterday, seemingly sporting an injury on the left side of his face. He replied yes when the judge asked him if he understood the charges. He did not enter a plea. Defense attorney Richard Singh, Singh Declined to comment after the hearing while Tenoy's parents and sister attended the hearing and left the courthouse without commenting. Um, so, yeah, there there are ex, uh, additional charges that will be coming out of this, too. But, man. Somebody want to Do we have a picture of him? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, can you just imagine how scary that would be, man? It's just like, I mean, What's I know he's going to, to Japan, but I mean, the porn there isn't real, guys. It's actresses and actors. Right. You can't actually walk up on some woman that doesn't know you and be like, you Japanese, here's my dick. Handle this, you know? Um, but yeah, he tried to drown him. The Mile High Rape Club. Yeah, you can't be doing that bullshit. I don't care about your medication. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was some scary ass shit, man. I saw that article. I was just like, God damn. Uh, just gonna take it, huh? Right in front of everybody, like you gave no fucks. Right. I mean, you got people literally knocking on the doors and trying to break in. Your mama is there. Her mama is there. Right. You know what the fuck was wrong with that dude? Uh, speaking of what's wrong with people, the Supreme Court blocks Texas from shutting down abortion clinics. Um, we talked earlier about how the Supreme Court was gonna. Uh, I mean, not the Supreme Court. How Texas was able to shut down all these abortion clinics except for five in the entire state. Right, because they made a ridiculous-ass law that basically said abortion clinics had to have the same standards as hospitals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were like, man, that that's insane. Right. But, um, yeah, the, um, a five-sentence order 
issued by the Supreme Court today ensured that Texas abortion clinics can stay open for the time being. The order vacated part of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling issued earlier this month that would have forced most of the abortion clinics in Texas to shut down. The court is currently considering the validity of a Texas law that, if ultimately upheld, would require abortion clinics to meet the ambulatory surgical center standards and ex- employ other do- only doctors who have admitted privilege who have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals. The required upgrades will reportedly cost millions of dollars for clinics to install. The appeal court ruled October second that the state officials could begin affecting the stringent and costly requirements while the appeal proceeded, effectively shutting down 13 of Texas' 18 clinics while litigation was still ongoing. But Tuesday, the Supreme Court overturned um, this ruling and told Texas officials, um, oh, who wrote this article, to slow their roll? Okay. Uh, but it invalidated both surgical center standards and admitting privileges requirements uh, until the New Orleans-based appeals court has made a final decision on the law's overall constitutionality. So. Right, because the 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 people that are on behalf of the abortion clinics, I was like, hey, when years ago when they voted, you know, uh, for um, for women to have the right to abortions, one of the things is that you can't make it so ridiculous and so strenuous on somebody like women have the right to abortion. And shut down some of these clinics would be like 150 miles one way for some women. Like, there's no way causing them to take two and three days off work and, you know, basically just making it just fucking impossible for a lot of women, especially if you are low income, which means you're taking it out of most uh cities, most major cities, you know. And so it's just one of those things where uh for me – the people that are go like are like no no abortions no matter what you really don't give a fuck about the consequences of this and you are the same people a lot of you are the same people that turn around and vote and don't want to help assist these children that are brought in some of these situations because you say have them but i don't want to help you if you can't afford to have them you can't right. have it and you're against birth controls too so it's like anything that would prevent another child into the world the children that you do not give a fuck about until they're born until uh, after they're born you want to turn around and go well have the baby but once you have the baby it's on your own you shouldn't have the baby in the first place you cannot regulate fucking i'm sorry y'all you can't tell people well we're going to make it so difficult that we're going to quote-unquote scare you into not fucking women and that's not happening people are going to fuck no matter what it's human nature mm-hmm um, speaking of, uh, not caring about children, John Grissom, a best-selling novelist who, uh, you know, actually has had quite a few movies made based off of his, his books. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I think Clear and Present Danger, I think was one. Um. Yeah, several uh, movies made off of his books. Yeah. Like, I want to say there was, um. There's one about being a law firm that was like a huge, like it, it, it's just a, a ton of them. Uh, a time to kill. Mm-hmm. The firm that was it. The firm Pelican Brief. Um, I mean, dude has a ton of um, books. Yeah, the made Runaway movies. Jury. Um, a lot of them have been good movies, like a world-winning movies too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the client. Uh, Rain so, Man, so a maybe, Rainmaker. Maybe Clear and Present Danger wasn't one of them, but um, the Rainmaker, yeah. Um, 
I mean, just a shit, a shit ton, man. So, like, he's got all these movies and stuff based off of uh, his books. Um, so he's a pretty popular artist, uh, uh, writer. Even if you don't know his books, you know his movies, movies. probably. Yeah, people that really are are heavy into reading love him. Yep. So he would. Yeah, this to say. We have prisons now filled with guys my age, 60-year-old white men in prison who've never harmed anybody, would never touch a child, but they got online one night, started surfing around, probably had too much to drink or whatever, and pushed the wrong buttons and went too far and got into child porn or whatever. It happened to a friend, of, a lawyer friend of mine, a good buddy from law school. And yeah, they haven't hurt anybody, okay? Uh, they deserve some type of, you know, punishment, whatever. But 10 years in prison, you know, and there's so many of them now. So many, there's so many uh, sex offenders, that's what they call, that they put them in this, the, the same prison, like they're a bunch of, you know, perverts or something. Thousands of them. And, you know, and we've, we've gone nuts with this incarceration. I have no Baby, can you turn it up? For Wait, oh, you can't hear it? God. The chat room is asking to turn it up. Oh, they can't hear it? Oh, all right, hold on. Let me start over. My fault, guys. I didn't realize y'all couldn't hear that. Let me uh, turn the volume up. We have prisons now filled with guys my age, 60-year-old white men in prison who've never harmed anybody, would never touch a child, but they got online one night started surfing around, probably had too much to drink or whatever, and pushed the wrong buttons and went too far and got into child porn or whatever. It happened to a friend, of, a lawyer friend of mine, a good buddy from law school. And yeah, they haven't hurt anybody, okay? Uh, they deserve some type of, you know, punishment, whatever. But 10 years in prison, you know, and, and there's so many of them now. So, there's so many uh, sex offenders, that's what they're called, that they put them in the, the, the same prison like they're a bunch of, you know, perverts or something. Thousands of them. And, you know, and we've, we've gone nuts with this incarceration. I have no sympathy for a real pedophile. You know, God, you know, please lock those people up. Uh, but so many of these guys are, are not, do not deserve harsh prison sentences. And that's what they get. A friend of mine, this was 10 years ago, uh, was drinking. His drinking was out of control. And he went to a website, and it was it was labeled "16-year-old, uh, you know, hooker wannabe hookers" or something. You know, some stupid website, and it said "16-year-old girls." So he went there, downloaded some stuff. It, it wasn't. It was 16-year-old girls who looked 30. You know, they all dressed up and whatever. And he was whatever. He shouldn't have done it. It was stupid. But it wasn't 10-year-old boys, you know. And he didn't he didn't touch anything, and. Golly, a week later, there was a knock on the door, FBI, and it was a sting set up by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to catch people, sex offenders. And um, he went to prison for three years. Okay. Number one, only a Canadian would fall for some shit like that, okay? That's such an obvious trap. Right. Downloaded the shit. I mean, that's how nice Canadians are, you know. Sixteen-year-old hookers, you don't say. Let's see what this is a boot. But um, as far as and it has sixteen in the website, though. Yeah, you know. 
Now, that's just an obvious trap. That's a honeypot is what they call that. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, here's the thing. One, I don't think he understands, um, the American incarceration system is not filled with way too many accidental sexual predators. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, we accidentally got this dude tied up in some sexual predator child porn shit. Whoops. <laughs> no. There's a lot of people in jail for heart, for, for nonviolent drug offenses though you know yeah you want to talk about that that's a whole nother story but this idea that there's a lot of innocent old white men mm. being unfairly incarcerated in america is fucking laughable <laughs> right um so that's number that was number two number one was of course a canadian would get caught doing some shit like that um number three it's not that it's not easy to find child porn okay guys no you don't accidentally download child porn you got to shit. be hunting for that shit you know what i mean like I, I mean i'm sure everyone that gets caught says that but like i've watched all the porn on the internet and i still don't know where to find or how to find or accidentally run across child porn because because i'm not looking for it me either it's one of the things you got to be looking for it's right not, it's not a I got drunk one night and accidentally jerked off to a 10 year old it also was weird that he pointed out like it wasn't a 10 year old boy it doesn't matter yeah it's a 16 year old girl uh, so that's fine she just looks 30 you know what else looks 30 a 30 year old woman that you can jerk off to in the (laughs) privacy of your own home right and not go to prison for ain't that the truth it's just such a ridiculous thing to say man um i like I heard that clip and I was just like, uh, d- d- what, what what happened now? Yeah, what's what's happening here? American judges going crazy. It sounds like you got a friend that you had this happen to, a friend, quote unquote, but a friend that this happened to, and you're using his example as like this, like maybe he told you all this shit and you bought it into it, hook, line, and sinker, and now you're going out telling the world. Right, and it's one of those things. Was like, dog, saying this shit, they're gonna be investigating your ass yeah right i mean i'm trying to be funny it's like oh oh you justifying this oh check his hard drive right yeah it's time to check his hard drive dog um now he did apologize for his remarks on child porn um so you know i guess that's good he's taking back his because the other thing the the nice fifth thing you can't say that they're not really hurting anybody they're not really victims if you're creating the demand for child porn by watching and downloading and shit and giving them the clicks and the money or whatever, uh, the ad revenue or do they even have ad revenue on child porn? I mean, I how could know. you? I don't know. Anyway, if, if you're the one that is actually helping these people while watching it, creating more demand, then you're also creating the demand for them to go out and abuse more kids. Mm-hmm. So that- you can't really make this argument like, Oh no, it's harmless. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you know, these aren't consenting adults. Right. And you affecting the children. You're definitely affecting their families. Yeah. You know, so you're affecting more than just that child. Mm hmm. So, um, they, he apologized. Let me see if I can play the apology. Um, hopefully there's an ad before it. Nope, there's not. Damn it. Wait, hold on. What is this? What the hell is this? On October 16th, he apologized for comments he made to the Telegraph. 
about child pornography and sex offenders Silent movie the following is a voice reading of his original comments what i I didn't want to see that anyway um so yeah he uh and the the interview uh that he was doing i have no idea what it was even for which is another way you know you fucked up because you know the person doing the interview was just like this is gold keep rolling And he might not even know he was being filmed. Who knows? Edited out that question and shit. Because, you know, he stopped at one moment. You know, the question was like, so can you go back to the pedophile thing? Yeah, we want to get some more. Um, Right. Yeah, who um, knows what he asked him to even get him on that topic. So you don't don't consider looking at child porn to be real pedophiles? Right. You know. They edited out the question. They Mm -hmm. just strung together his answers. So uh, these comments and the nature in which Grisham discussed the very serious issue of child pornography incited a flood of hurt and disappointment and angry action from fans. The day that you came out in an interview and said that watching the child porn get too stiff of a penalty for it, you said 10 years was too much, makes you someone that I cannot support nor no longer want to read. A reader named Kendra Benefield Lossman shared on his Facebook page. Another posted that she's taking her entire Grisham library to her burn barrel with the intent to set the books on fire. Yeah, because you have to think, you make millions of dollars. Like, a lot of his shit is like, it's like a, almost like a instant number one seller. So when you turn people off for shit like this, you lose money. The publishers use money. Your, your publicists lose money because you are talking some foolishness. How do you think child porn is made? A poster named John Kelly asked Grissom's, on Grissom's page. Someone is still getting hurt, you imbecile. I'm sad to say that I will never purchase nor consume uh, one of your books ever again. I am disgusted. Right. And people, when people leave, especially when it comes to reading, because for a lot of people, reading is so uh, personal. You know, they get their imagination going and shit like that. And if you can pull, you know, these things out of people and have them care about characters, and you hurt them. A lot of people feel betrayed. They're like, you know what? Nah, fuck you. I'm not reading a goddamn thing for you again. Uh, after the uproar began, he issued an apology. Anyone who harms a child for profit or pleasure or who in any way profits in child pornography, participates in child pornography online or otherwise should be punished to the fullest extent of the law, the author said in a statement. My comments made two days ago during an interview with the British newspaper The Telegraph were in no way intended to show sympathy for those convicted of sex crimes, especially the sexual molestation of children. I can think of nothing more despicable. I regret having made those comments and apologize to all. Um, I hate when motherfuckers lie like this. You were showing sympathy. Mm-hmm. And that's that what your comments were meant to do. And I also noticed that you mentioned white as like this. Well, they're not supposed to be in prison. They're white. Right. Uh, it's a bunch of old white guys. That, you know, never hurt anybody. Yeah. Do you not know the statistics about yeah. the population that's in jail? Now, if they were black, of course they should be in prison. I mean, why not? They deserve every day. You know. <laughs> uh, you, uh, someone said, you clearly said in the interview that people like your drunk friend who look at child porn don't deserve severe punishment. Facebook user Raylene Jolly Willer posted in response to Grisham. Not sure how you can backtrack that statement. I mean, you can backtrack anything. It's just, do we believe him? I don't. Right. I believe the first thing he said is how he really feels. And I think when people start threatening to damn take his you know, books and burn them and shit, all of a sudden he found a, a conscience. Uh, speaking of finding a conscience, Bobby Schmurder, who you may know from his hot nigga song. 
Uh-oh, because you know I'm back, so I asked you, who the hell is that? songs of the summer under his belt uh that he has there uh it would happen that apparently bobby schmurder who's been doing the shmoney dance uh you've probably been seeing those jj watt did it when he got his touchdown uh so he should be doing the shmoney dance all the way to the bank apparently though that's not the case oh he took the instagram to rant about working non-stop and performing live but not getting paid for any of his schmoes i mean shows uh, the post, of course, was deleted, but it was captured on YouTube. How you Yo, whoever got a contract with me, if you if you got a contract for Bobby Schmurder and you don't have my signature on that paper, sue the shit out of them. I don't give a fuck. Sue them niggas. I ain't getting no money for it. I ain't doing no more shows. Straight. Give a fuck about none of that shit. If you don't have a fucking contract with me, you're old. The niggas robbing you just like they robbed me. Oh, well. They shoot the shit out their ass. I don't know. That's what I'm... Shit. See, where did my mommy? The wrong thing. Let me tell you something about y'all niggas. Y'all niggas don't know me. See, where did my mother? Where did anything I like? Nigga, I done did $30. Nigga, owe, owe me $30, nigga. Where did my nigga? One, 100%. 100%. Stack of stars approved. So they. Oh, so we bust into a song? No, they, they. These are the comments on this Instagram, and then people left. Um, then they playing music over it, so you can read the comments. Yeah, and he. Bobby Schmurter says, "Oh, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry." No, uh, uh, y'all can't see the little video, but he got that camera like up close. He done laid on the bed and he talked to us. He, he got done, up and walked around. Right, and smacking tables. Nick owe me thirty dollars. B thirty dollars. Nah, I don't give a fuck. I'm doing all these shows. 
not getting my money they got me doing er- shit every fucking day so it's hard to keep up with this shit then i ain't got nobody to trust ain't no help in this bitch i'm ready to go back to the trap before jail our hashtag real nigga shit rns that's how i feel fuck out of here oh thank you because i you know i'm gonna ask you what that meant <laughs> I guess that was the last comment. <laughs> oh, wow. They give you like a whole minute to read that comment. I guess the level of people reading his comments are probably. And, and you know, it's not time. good English. So you go, oh, oh, that's what he meant. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Can I take you a minute just to read through Imagine it? everything spelled wrong. Like when he said, <laughs> yes. keep, keep up with this shit, he spelled with W-I-T-T. Oh. Yeah, like someone's last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah. Um. The BET Hip Hop Awards performer's Instagram caption, which is viewable at the end of the clip above, was equally aggressive. Um, so, yeah, Bobby Shmurda ain't getting his money. I can't believe these motherfuckers is playing him like this. Yeah. Because uh, he know he was, he was signing. Yeah. Gotta, gotta watch the contracts, man. They play your schmunky ass. Alright. Now everybody got them 360 deals, which means even if they invent some new shit, we get a piece of that bullshit, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, can't say I'm surprised that a guy named Bobby Schmurder, who made a song named Hot Nigga, uh, was not reading his contracts or paying mm-hmm. attention to... Yeah, they smurdering him. Yep. Um, but I like the schmucker. <laughs> yes, he did. A uh, U.S. man was killed by a camel at a Mexican wildlife park. I didn't know oh. camels kill people. Oh, you talking about the camel that's on the used to be on the front of the cigarettes? <laughs> that camel? No, it wasn't Joe Camel. Okay. The American owner of a wildlife park in Mexico resort of Tulum died after being kicked, bitten, and sat on by a camel. What the fuck did he do to this camel? The authorities seized the private facility's animals pending an investigation. Rescuers had to use a rope tied to a pickup truck. To pull the enraged camel off the body of Richard Malesko of Chicago. Yeah, he did something. And I've uh, seen clips of camels. Camels will spit on you. Yeah. Like, they are some very, very nasty animals. I haven't seen a camel go after someone like this since Un Rivera got stabbed by Jay-Z. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's right. Camel. That's what he did. Take that camel cigarette. He fucked him up. Give him my goddamn cigarette. If I was sitting on that man smoking that cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, oh, wait, here it is. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Almost forgot that. Um, the camel kicked him and bit him practically to death. <gasps> and when he was almost dead, he sat on him. Below the, between the blows and the weight of the camel on top of him, he was asphyxiated. Oh. Not with a lungs full of camel smell. He said it was still unclear why the animal, which was kind of, which is kind of in a kind of enclosure attacked Molesky and authorities were sorting through a number of versions, including one that the camel was angry because it didn't get a soft drink. <laughs> ah! One version is that he would always give him a Coca-Cola to drink. And apparently that day he didn't give him the Coca-Cola, but he added there are lots of versions. Mm, maybe it was Tyrese. Maybe the camel didn't get his Coke for the day. 
always Coca Cola. Yeah. Now give me my Coke. Oh, you ain't got my Coke, motherfucker. So I'm out here singing for nothing. Okay. Tear this motherfucker up. The U.S. Embassy confirmed the victim's name and said he died Tuesday. The statement posted by the sanctuary on Facebook said he died at age 60. Richard lost his life caring for one of the animals that he was dedicated the last 15 years of his life to saving. Hmm. Richard found the Tulum Monkey Sanctuary, founded the Tulum Monkey Sanctuary on his ranch in order to help rescue an endangered species, the spider monkey, from extinction. But he did not limit himself to helping monkeys for compa- his compassion ran the entire range of species from dogs to ducks to horses to javali. I don't know what a javali is. Right, that's true. What the hell is that? I don't know, Karen. Um, uh, oh, it looks like a wild boar of some type. Um, so that's a javali. Oh, he was like Noah's Ark on this bitch. Mm-hmm. Mexico's Attorney General Office for Environmental Protection said late Tuesday that the camel... 13 spider monkeys, 6 deer, 2 emus, 2 llama, and a wild boar. And a partridge in the pear tree? Mm-hmm. Were placed under seizure orders, but were being kept at a sanctuary pending investigation. The office said the park did not have papers proving the legal ownership of the animals. Said the animals will be held by the manager of the facility in administrative custody, meaning they can't leave the park, but they will be cared for. So, yeah, man. Got killed by a camel. What a way to go out, man. Right. A mad-ass camel, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because they camel always tell like, you that camels don't need go. anything to drink. They can damn hold water in their they system for, for months or some shit, and this motherfucker died because he wouldn't give him a soda. <laughs> right. You know? Like, Fuck it, I want a Coke. I know you weren't thirsty, you greedy motherfucker. You got two humps full of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else happened? Oh, uh... Uh, Thailand uh, had a little bit of a controversy with one of their soap operas and a famous scene from Thailand's award winning soap opera The Power of Shadows the handsome protagonist gets drunk and rapes the leading lady Oh, he later begs her forgiveness and they live happily ever after in a true boy meets girl boy rapes girl boy marries girl story the premise is so common Apparently, this premise is so common in Thailand's popular primetime melodramas, it could be called a national twist on the university, on the universal romantic plotline. But calls for change are growing. Man, we talk about rape culture here. This is crazy. Right. Couldn't imagine this being like a constant trope, like so common that it was a trope in our fiction. You know right. what I mean? We like, just poke fun at it. Yeah. No, not even poking fun. I mean, I can't even imagine like, Oh, did you watch Scandal last night when the president raped Carrie Washington and then they ended up being together later? Yeah, that normally don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't imagine that. I mean, we talk about rape culture all the time and all this stuff in, in America, but, uh, I mean, you know, as always, shit can always be worse and shit is always worse somewhere else. But mm-hmm. if you would have told me, like, yeah, man, um, on such and such channel, that's, that's what happened, eh? All the time. Um, you know, that means that people go to work the next day at the water cooler and they're like, yeah, man, did you see the show last night? Yeah. <sighs> Another rape love thing. Jeez, man, it's getting old, right? Right. Oh, I knew heck. it was coming. Right. They should have gave something new. Yeah, they foreshadowed the rape, man. I'm, I mean, it's not even a surprise anymore. Maybe she should rape him. Uh, right. The recent real-life rape and murder of a girl on an overnight train in Thailand has focused national outrage on messages in popular culture that trivialize and some say even encourage rape. 
even the powerful general who took over the country in a coup this year had to apologize had to apologize after suggesting that women who wear bikinis at the beach are vulnerable to sexual assault and that dude's apparently a dictator he took over the country with a military right i'm I'm like a coup that mean he came in was like this shit mine yeah and even he had to be like my bad y'all my bad I, i know i came in with military weapons but my bad Many in the soap opera industry continue to defend sexual violence in part as a key to high ratings in a fiercely competitive industry that draws more than 18 million viewers a night to network television, nearly a quarter of Thailand's population. They was like, we don't know what y'all talking about. They watching. Yeah, now I'm like, I wonder if you can find these shows on Hulu or something. I bet you can. If people are just raping motherfuckers and being like, this is how we determine our love stories. It's probably on that drama thing we watch. Uh, those are Korean. Oh, my bad. But uh, I, now I want to know. Now I'm a, not that I want to encourage motherfuckers to be out here raping people, no. but it, it is actors and they're adults and they can decide what they want to do. But I kind of want to see it now to be like, why do people think this? Like, because now the like it's almost like they just told me there's a new version of crack. It's like, listen, this is so good, you it, will watch it. Right. It's like you can't and the stop. tune to the 18 million people that's already watching. Because you never see people defend rape. Dude. Like, 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 I mean, like this as like a company come out and go, no, we're not taking the rapes off TV. People love that shit. Right. Like, I, that like, would never I've, fly here in America. That would never even cross my fucking mind to be a defense. Nope. It's like, I would meet with our publicists and we would sit down and talk about it and be like, here are the things you can say. And in my wildest imagination, one of those things would not be, nigga, if you take the rapes off, they won't watch right you know what i mean i'm like, not gonna be this that ain't gonna be the conversation in the board meeting yeah i like i would be as a person that's not a publicist i'll be looking at my publicist like you fired because i know that ain't gonna work right award-winning director sithwat tapan even d- described some rape scenes as sort of a public service there might be a scene where a woman is dressed sexy and she walks past a man who has been drinking and it shows on his face that he's aroused and wants her in the end she succumbs to the physical power of the man Scenes like this try to teach society that women should not travel alone or wear revealing clothes and men shouldn't drink. Nigga, what? what? Instead of saying men shouldn't rape. Oh, shit. What the fuck but, is going on but, in Thailand? But they talk about rape culture here. No, I mean, yes, there is rape culture here. But com- I tell people, other countries, man, other places in the world, women have a lot of rights here. It ain't perfect. Far fucking for being perfect. It's not where it should be. We still fighting for, for basic rights, but God damn it, it ain't like this. Holy shit. I really thought they was going to say some shit like, oh, it's just entertainment. You know, like rap people, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, it's not real life, it's just entertainment. He was like, don't bring your ass out here looking like this. He was like, nigga, this is an infomercial, okay? Right. We trying to help you out. Let us help you not get raped. Mm-hmm. You're going around looking all sexy and shit. Yeah. And, and- you stop to have a drink after work, men. Next thing you know, you got to rape them. Right. And a lot of this is, my personal opinion, is based off of religion a lot of times. Like the religions are, you know, against you know, women dressing a certain way and against drinking and things like that. And, you know, a lot of it is, uh, woman, um, uh, slut shaming, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of cultures, uh, having sex inside of marriage is like the worst thing you can do. Even if you are raped, you still have sex inside of the marriage and your family still is condemned. So I think they kind of view it a little bit differently than we do here in the States. 
yeah i'm just tripping off the fact that you know they really was like this for the good of the country that we showing these rapes and y'all welcome by the way right i noticed i didn't get a thank you for showing that rape last night right how many of y'all almost went outside with your titties hanging out see you're welcome right that's what you get for just being a fucking woman but rapists the rapists are seldom punished in tv melodramas and their victims rarely talk about it that much at least is reflected in real life last year the public health ministry said its hotlines received 31,866 calls from victims of rape or sexual assault but police this year that that same year filed only 3,300 rape cases and made just 2,245 arrests even the hotline numbers believe to be far number, lower than the actual number of assaults in the Southeast Asian country of 67 million people. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be much higher than that. Um, yeah. Public concern about rape in the Thai society grew this summer after a 13-year-old girl was raped on an overnight train, then suffocated and thrown out the window. <laughs> a, mm-hmm, a 22-year-old train employee has been convicted of the attack and sentenced to death. The rail authority was has introduced a women and children only sleeper carriage with police women as guards. Wow, they're so that's how fucked up it is. They have to have police women as the guards because they're assuming even a policeman might rape. Uh, yeah, and it was like, look, nobody is allowed in here but women and children. If you don't fall in this category, you get the fuck out of here. This is a no rape zone, sir. Please step across the line. Right. Please step back across the line. Right. If you don't have no titties and vaginas, you are not allowed in here. The indignant newspaper editorials and TV talk shows have triggered a national conversation and an online petition asking soap operas to stop romanticizing rape has attracted more than 30,000 signatures. I'm not saying soap operas are the cause of rape in Thailand, but I believe they are part of the problem, said Nitapan Whipperat. Wait, Whipperit, a 36-year-old architect who launched a petition. Soap operas send the message that rape is acceptable. This is something that needs to stop. As a result of Nidapan's petition, the National Broadcasting Commission has organized roundtables that bring directors and screenwriters together with health and human rights experts to discuss the messages soap operas deliver. The latest one focused on how TV sexual violence influences Thai children, who are often raised on a steady diet of nighttime soaps that parents will switch on after dinner. Now, who? Now we talked about Tom and Jerry. Now, who the fuck is turning on the rape show for their kids? Right. Here you go, kids. I'm going to take a shower. You watch this rape. Right. That's like here in America after dinner. You know, that's like scandal coming on at 6. How to get away with murder coming on at, at, yeah. at 7. You know, like, fuck it. This is what we watching tonight, kids. You, you better know? do your homework, mister. No rape show for you. None tonight. Okay. Now, if you want to watch those rapes, you got to get those ma- You got to get that math done. If I come in here and I catch... Don't let me come in here while- if I catch you watching these rapes by yourself. Don't let me come in here. You ain't finish that homework. Anyway, don't forget the morning cartoon Saturday rapes, too. Apparently so. Some producers might say that what they're producing doesn't have an impact on people, but I assure you it does, said Kim Porn Rapan of Thailand's Child and Youth Media Institute told the forum, the more children see repetitive images of violence, the more will be reinforced in their minds. In a poll of more than 2,000 youths conducted by Thailand's Assumption University in 2008, more than 20% of the 13- and 19-year-olds said rape scenes were their favorite part of TV shows. The same percentage oh. of teenagers said they found rape to be a normal and acceptable act in society. Oh, uh... Shit. Mm. Uh, the Yusini Nanakorn, producer of the Thailand's best-known soaps Prisoner of Love, said rape scenes are sometimes essential to the plot lines. Well, shit. Prisoner of love indeed, right? 
soap operas are all about conflict without conflict there's no story she said we try to avoid rape scenes but if it helps drive the story then we keep it so um and this is that thing um when i talked to the gamergate dude yesterday alpha nine you know they they keep making this thing about gamergate about how they have minorities and women that are on the side of the gamergate and you know against anita sarkeesian i think that's her name or anna sarkeesian whatever it is um and i'm like yeah but if you're promoting the same ideology that is sexist and misogynistic or that people find problematic then it doesn't matter what race or gender you are Mm -mm, you're wrong too it just doesn't matter like people are upset about the idea you're presenting not the actual race or gender of the person presenting it right i don't give a fuck who's presenting it if it's stupid and it's wrong it's dumb and wrong yeah and in this case you have a woman who's the producer of the show with all these rape scenes in it and it's like i know somebody just heard her say that and was like but it's a woman so i mean you know she wants to show a bunch of rape scenes and uh i'm like nah if people have a problem with it it shouldn't matter who's making it Mm, right if if they have a problem with it the idea that some forms of sexual violence are acceptable is reflected even in Thai language. The word bloom, which translates roughly as wrestling, is how Thais describe unconsensual sex with a man and initiate, that a man initiates to make a woman fall in love with him. It is considered, considered different than Kamkuin, the criminal act of rape. So, you can make, you know, sometimes you gotta take the pussy is what you're saying, and a woman will fall in love with you. And then sometimes you can take the pussy and it's just rape. It's just a very, it's very hard to figure out, you know. Normally you figure it out in court. Bloom is what what transpires in the power of shadows, says a run-out show, um, Bahanupan, producer of The Soap, which aired in 2012 and recorded the highest ratings in the history of his network. In theatrical terms, it was an act of love, the Producer said, referring to the scene where the lead actor grabs the heroine and rapes her after she slaps him and screams, let me go. It wasn't rape. It was more romantic because they were in love. Oh, what happened? Just having consensual sex. That is one type of soap opera rape scene, the seduction of a good girl. Thai soaps also have bad girls for whom rape is depicted as punishment for behavior deemed immoral, like dressing provocatively and promiscuity. Um, You know what's crazy is... um, I've seen like Japanese porn like this, Asian porn like this, and I just always assumed that it was like a a porn thing, like a fetish. Like obviously right. this is role playing. Me and, too. You know, I mean, because it, I mean, obviously it is role playing, mm-hmm. but it's pornographic the same way that like BDSM is role playing, but you wouldn't like fucking walk out your house and be like. You know, bitch, you're going to suck this dick and call me master. You're like, what the right. fuck is wrong with you? We ain't right? putting out whips and chains in public. Right. But, you know, there's something about, like, uh, if you watch, like, you know, uh, Asian or Japanese porn that, you know, chick gets on the bus and she's looking real good and dude feels up on her. I'm assuming, like, okay, yeah, this is some freaky ass shit I'm yeah, watching. y'all paid her. And- I would not assume I'd be able to see that at 8 p.m. prime time. <laughs> right after dinner with the kids i just wouldn't even assume that <laughs> no to me that's crazy maybe that, at 10 or 11 at night but yeah. you know not but on regular tv i just can't i oh, would no. not even, on hbo yeah i but i'm talking this is regular tv for them i would oh. not assume that like one of the primetime shows would just be like uh yeah no sometimes you can rape bitches it happens yeah, sometimes that wrong with smacking on ass and telling her she looked like a slut i thought this shit was taboo but apparently that's why they porn so good apparently so it's just regular life 
the rape fantasies in Thai culture stem in part from traditional beliefs that it is improper improper for women to show sexual desire before marriage. Yeah, so like Karen said about religious stuff mm-hmm. and culture and tradition, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of it. I think um, that's one of the things that is supposed to be so hot about it. It's like she's saying no, but she means yes. Right. You just have to take it and show her that she really means yes. You know? Right. And and I understand it's so proper, but there's women who actually said no and meant no, went no, no, right. I want this shit anyway. It's like, no, nigga, I don't want your dick. When men initiate sex, women have to try to reject it or say no to show they are innocent sexually, said Chalita Porn, a women's study professor at Bangkok's Thomasat University. Rape scenes on television reflect this kind of thinking. Prime Minister Prayuth Chan Oka, Ocha, the former army chief who took over control of the country in May. <laughs> Isn't it weird that you could just say that? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like, I couldn't imagine me being like, yeah, Mitt Romney, the new president of the United States who took over in May, uh, with his guns, uh, he said on the subject, like, this, but that's, that's the reality in Thailand. Just, right. And, and not to get out of subject, this, yeah, go this, ahead. this is what irritates me about motherfuckers over here. They're talking about a dictator, talking about people just, come, ain't nobody really running a goddamn thing over here. You can't just come in by force and be like, my nigga. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, but, uh, it ain't gonna be by guns. Well, he stumbled into the debate with a comment he made last month. Soon after the bodies of two British tourists were found bludgeoned to death on a Thai beach, he said women who wear bikinis in Thailand will be safe only if they are not beautiful. A remark instantly ridiculed on social media as chauvinistic and insensitive to the female victim who had been photographed in a bikini prior to her rape and murder. Pryuth apologized for having spoken too harshly. Yeah, that's a person from another country, too. They were tourists. You know, oh. British tourists come and you talking about some, hey, man, bitches get raped, dog. What do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah, the people over there was like, nah, dog. She, she got the right. Y'all can't be bashing folks' heads in and raping people going, she, she, she shouldn't have been like that. And, you know, ugly bitches, y'all all right. Yeah. Now, if you was a fat, ugly bitch. Right. Wouldn't nobody have wanted your ass anyway. Yeah, he turned into like a black comedian and shit. Yeah, he did. You ever see a bitch in the sunrise and the sundress but remember the bleep? Yeah. You ever see a bitch eating that food? She look nasty. We don't want you, bitch. Keep your pussy to yourself. Mm-hmm. Shake your duck and crack crack. Right. Another high-profile slip-up came last month when Direct Direct Thailand released an online advertisement saying, advertisement saying 28% of women who resist eventually give in. What? Ooh. Uh, so, so there's still a 72% chance it's rape? Who wants them odds? I don't. Hey, man, listen. One in four of these bitches don't press charges. That's what I'm saying. So, right, that's what happy hunting, fellas. <laughs> use our, right. <laughs> use our condoms, direct condoms, the condoms of rape. <laughs> <laughs> Three out of four. <laughs> The condoms out of, of three out of four uh rapes is used by directs. Right. An ad view Use this one, she will give in. An ad viewed is encouraging its male customers to rape. The condom maker quickly pulled the ad from his Thai Facebook page and issued an apology for the inappropriate post. For some actresses, the reality of rape was has exposed the flaws in how it is dramatized on television. Up and coming star Pim Thong Washirakam played a bad girl in the series The Rising Sun, who was raped by a police detective after he locks her in his office. As the cameras rolled, the 22-year-old thoughts drifted to the child whose body was thrown from the train. 
I felt like the girl in the news. I thought the 13 year old girl and the tears started running down my face. Her crying and violent portions of the rape scene were edited out of the episode, which ran last month. So they have actually triggered people, recorded the, the simulated rape with the person crying and shit. And then they just took it out of the final copy. Like, yeah, we can't can't have people getting real emotions and shit this looks too much like what rape really does is so do you so you motherfuckers you know what's wrong the cuts drew deep drew complaints from some of the cast and crew but pim thought supported them sometimes viewers don't have the right judgment and met and might imitate what they see our society is deteriorating every day so we have to cut certain scenes off kids are definitely watching this show why would we let them watch a rape scene so even her, even she's saying the cuts that they made turned it from rape to the bloom thing. You know, like, oh, you know, why let them watch a rape with me actually crying and shit? We'll just make it into not rape by cutting out the, you know, the reality of the situation. Yeah, it's like, it, it's one of those things where uh rape is wrong all around the board. And it's one of those things where they go, okay, we're going to do this. We need to show that this is bad and this is not acceptable. So, from that standpoint, I understand because it's all acting. But rape is real, and it's one of those things where we're going to depict that this is not acceptable. And they was like, "No, um, we're just gonna edit out the real tears that real women cry when they get raped against their will, even if they eventually say, yeah, well, you know, fuck that. We we don't want to deal with that part.'" Yeah, I mean, okay. but is is it really wrong to show? I mean, think about it this way, Ken. How are you gonna learn? to not get raped if we don't show you getting raped on TV all the time. I mean, these women, you know, they, they have a lot cut out for them. And, you know, if you don't teach them that they shouldn't be sexy. Each one, teach one. Uh, they, they shouldn't be around when men might be having a sip of drink, you know, might have to get get to raping. Um, how are they going to learn? Karen? How are my kids mm-hmm. going to learn? I don't know. Mm-hmm. How are my kids going to learn? Not that you need to step up as a parent. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, step up as a rapist is what I say. Yeah. You, know, you got to teach, teach the kids. Each one, teach one. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, no, should we cover any more of these stories? Um, oh yeah, here's one. I want to show the chat room. I, it's not even, uh, it's not even a long story. It's just, I want people to see this picture. Um, there is a uh there was a scientist in the rainforest who discovered a puppy sized spider. Oh. Yeah, putting the picture in the chat room. Um I don't know if it'll come up or not. Okay, yeah, it did. Um look at this motherfucker. That spider looks like it can talk. Mm-hmm. oh shit yeah that like that looks like a spider like <laughs> like a spider that you know in disney would have a comical voice you know it's like CeeLo's doing the voice of the spider <laughs> right you know um so yeah apparently oh shit and they didn't them niggas didn't run peter naskreski naskreki went uh to take a walk in the rainforest of guyana uh, now, from what I've learned on Nitro documentaries, that's dangerous. I wouldn't know, but I believe you. When he heard rustling, as if something were creeping underfoot. 
when he turned on the flashlight he expected to see a small mammal such as a possum or a rat when i turned on the light i couldn't quite understand what i was seeing said nas Kareki, an entomologist and photographer at harvard university um museum of comparative zoology a moment later he realized he was not looking at a brown furry mammal but an enormous puppy-sized spider known as the south american goliath bird eater the colossal arachnid is the world's largest spider according to guinness records its leg span can reach up to 30 centimeters or about the size of a child's forearm shit with a body the size of a large fist oh uh and the spider can weigh more than six ounces 170 grams about as much as a young puppy some sources say the giant huntsman spider has which has a larger leg span is bigger than the bird eater but the huntsman is much more delicate than the hefty bird eater and comparing the two would be like comparing a giraffe to an elephant you know what's crazy is like how do you even like you know um spray this bitch with something like if you spray bug spray on this shit it will actually like take the bug spray out of your hand and slap you (laughs) Like you rude, you, you rude motherfucker. You take your feet and run and pray that it can't get up to the speed because you know puppies can run. Mm-hmm. You pray that it that it can't that you are in some form of a shape where you can fucking run away because if not and it start taking off after your ass, it looked like a, a fucking spider from the Harry Potter movies. Like you would run and it would spit some shit at you and wrap your shit up. Next thing you know, you'll be dangling from a from a, a, a big ass web that it made and him and his mama be down there talking about when they gonna eat your ass i think if you run from it it's just gonna get in the car and drive after you <laughs> obeying traffic laws and everything yeah that big ass and you know what god bless white people you know what the white people is the reason why we know so much shit about other animals in the rainforest because y'all would be like what the fuck is that click on the light oh it's a mammal oh what the f- oh it's a spider let me go find out more about this shit not i hear rustling let me get my ass at the goddamn forest right any black person that would find a spider would just be telling a story about the one time they ran out of the jungle right it's, the world would never know its feet have hardened tips and claws that produce a very distinct clicking sound <gasps> not unlike that of horses hooves hitting the ground he wrote but not that, as loud that bitch was clicking that bitch was clicking and mm-hmm. you was like oh let me shine my fucking flashlight on it that bitch was like click 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 what's up homie click 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 mm-hmm. for real word yep. oh god bless you white people horse hooves sound so it sounded like this can you imagine that shit coming at you <laughs> And, and I don't see no goddamn horse. I'm right. out. It's coming from a big ass spider. Fuck no. Clicking down a tree. <laughs> I, I retweeted the picture and just put nope on Twitter. Um, when Nascarecki and uh, approached the imposing creature in the rainforest, it would rub its hind legs against his abdomen at first. The scientist thought that the behavior was cute, he said. Then he realized the spider was sending out a cloud of hairs with microscopic barbs on them. And the hairs will get into his eyes and other mucous membranes. They are extremely painful and itchy and can stay in there for days. Yes, that bottom's like, get the fuck away from me. But the prickly hairs aren't the bird eater's only line of defense. It also sports a pair of two inch long fangs. Although the spider bite is, is venomous, it's not deadly to humans. 
but it, sh- it will still be extremely painful, like driving a nail through your hand. <laughs> and the eight-leg beast has a third defense mechanism up his hairy sleeve. The hairs on the front of the spider body have tiny hooks and barbs that make a hissing sound when they rub against each other. Sort of like that, uh, sort of like pulling Velcro apart. Nigga, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling Velcro I'm... apart. So it, it sounds like this. Wait. Wait. There you go. You imagine that shit coming out of a fucking spider? Oh! After it comes and... clip-clopping at your ass, and next thing you know... And... First, first you hear the. What the fuck is that? Right. Oh, it's a spider! Get away from me, spider! Ah! The fuck is that? Right, and and uh, and 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 it is a spider, so it has defense mechanisms. So I don't know a lot about fucking spiders, but all I know if it start going up and rubbing shit together and looking at me, I'm assuming that it's shooting a web at me. So my ass is immediately trying to get outside of his. He's like, nope. I'm going to get up close. What the fuck is this? Why can't I breathe? What is that clicking sound? Now nah, I hear velvet. What the fuck is wrong with people? Yet despite all of that, the spider doesn't pose a threat to humans, even if it bites you. A chicken can probably do more damage, said the white man. I'm scared of them bitches, too. I only eat them. Uh, uh, despite his name, the bird eater doesn't actually eat birds, normally. Although it certainly is capable of killing small mammals, they still essentially attack anything that they, they, they will essentially attack anything that they encounter. They, can they jump? It's a small ant, small puppy. I don't know, but did, he said that it's not, we shouldn't be scared of it, but it will attack anything it encounters. What? Bitch, no. The spider hunts in leaf litter on the ground at night. So the chances of encountering a bird are very small, he said. However, if it found a nest, it could easily kill the parents and the chicks, he added. Adding that spiders, the spider species has also been known to puncture and drink bird eggs. The spider will eat frog, eat frogs and insects, but its main prey is actually earthworms, which come out at night when it's humid. Earthworms are very nutritious. Birds, bird eaters are not very common spiders. I've been working in the tropics of South America many, many years. In the last 10 to 15 years, I only ran across the spider three times. After catching the specimen he found in Guyana, which was female, Nazraki took her back to his lab to study. She's now deposited in a museum. Fuck that. Right, because this is a small puppy. Don't you think the rest of his family got sense, got, you know, got the sense of smell and coming? You, you'll be uh, walking outside your office one day. They'll be click clacking up to your office going, hey, nigga, hey, hey, dog, hey, you got my mama in there. Clank, 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 clank. Hey man, I'm here to bail my mama out. I'm a right. birdie the junior. You might have heard of me. I have all the money in cash. Or do you take spider credit cards? Um, I know you can. You can have your mama. Mm-hmm. In fact, I pay for y'all taxi ride back home. Uh, there were arrests after people got unruly at a protest. Karen, a lot of people gathered. They were very upset. I heard. And uh, finally, you know. Um, Cornell West went down there. <laughs> this ha- actually happened in New Hampshire, not Ferguson, Missouri. Violent disturbances near Keene State College during an annual pumpkin festival lasted until early Sunday and involved dozens of arrests and injuries, as well as police in riot gear using tear gas to disperse crowds. 
Keene State uh, student Ellery Murray told the Boston Globe that she was at a party Saturday when that uh, that had drawn uh, a large crowd when people started throwing things. People were just throwing everything they could find. Rocks, skateboards, buckets, pumpkins, she said. People just got too drunk. The party, <laughs> yeah, black people had to organize around our dead children. White people out here mad because they, they, they too drunk at the pumpkin party. The pumpkin festival? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pump, the parties around the school coincided with the annual King Pumpkin Festival. When the communities, uh, tried to set a world's record for the largest number of carved and lighted jack-o'-lanterns in one place. Uh, WMUR-TV in Manchester showed video of the crowd overturning the car, people running from tear gas cloud, street signs being torn down, and fires burning in the street. Why don't you get a job pull your pants up, you crackheads? Go um, see a dentist. Was the National Guard called out to surround the city and lock them down? Nope. Okay. Police did dress in riot gear in order to crowd to disperse. Also investigated Reports of people throwing glass bottles and fireworks, jumping off of a roof and banging on cars. Did they? So they didn't lock down the neighborhood or anything like that? Nope. Okay. One group of young people threatened to beat up an elderly man and another resident heard somewhere threatening to kill officers, according to Keene Police Department log, which shows 235 calls between 2.30 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. on Friday um, oh, I would have hated to be Sunday. I'd have hated to been to three or four people on that AM shift going ring ring hello. Okay, okay, ring 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 hello. hello um, okay, okay, ring 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 ring. There was like shit. We only got eight officers. There were at least forty nine arrests. Not all were part of the disturbances, but at least fourteen on Sunday, Saturday and early Sunday appeared to be related to unruly behavior. Unruly behavior. Okay. Most of a riot. Yeah, well, black people do it. It's a riot. When white people do it, it's unruly behavior. That's a goddamn riot. Over pumpkins. Most involved disorderly conduct or alcohol-related offenses. At least 30 people were injured near the school before evening Saturday, and 20 of them were taken to hospitals. Governor Maggie Hassan said state and local state safety officials worked to defuse uh, what she called the situation. College officials provided very few specifics on the melee, but said Keene State students and out-of-town visitors were involved. College President Ann Hoyt said in an email statement that the festival has been promoted by others as a destination for destructive and raucous behavior. The college had tried working with the city and campus to prevent unruly conduct. There goes that word again. He deplored the actions of those whose only purpose was to cause mayhem. She said that the students involved will be held accountable. So, oh, so, so y'all got to get the people out of this particular group. Y'all didn't lump them all together, right? Yeah, it's just okay. a few people that are causing melee care. Okay. Yeah, a hundred. hundred. Oh, yeah, I, I had all kinds of jokes. I stand with pumpkins. Y'all leave them goddamn pumpkins alone. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go out there with a shirt that says uh, free pumpkins. You know, I feel started, your pain. Can we start a Kickstarter for the pumpkins? Mm-hmm. I hold my hands up because you can't. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, I stand with pumpkins. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I walk on your behalf because you can't. Hashtag, I stand with pumpkins. Mm-hmm. They probably was listening to Smashing Pumpkins. 
Mm-hmm. Watching your fellow fellow brothers get their faces smashed in. I stand with you. Yeah, I just love how all this turns into, you know, just another chant where people just get a little too drunk and, you know, they have, you know, a little too much to drink, guys. You know, you just got to slow down. This and rape. Um, all right, last random news thing. Uh, this is also a very sad, sad story for me. Um, the homie Xander got arrested, man. Xander from Buffy. Uh-oh. Nicholas Brendan, uh, 43-year-old former star of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was arrested Friday night in Boise, Idaho for malicious injury to park property. He also was charged with resisting arrest or obstructing officers. Brendan was recently married to his girlfriend, Moon to T, in Vegas, only a week after proposing. What had happened, dog? I know. Fell off. Bad, too. TMZ reports that after attending Idaho Comic Con on Friday, probably to make some money, sign the shit and all that. Yep. Must not have anything. People love Buffy. Yeah, must not have anything going since Buffy. And uh, it was Idaho Comic Con. Right, Idaho, out there with the potatoes. Wasn't last week New York City Comic Con? Yeah, it was, where most people was at. Right. My nigga Xander was in Idaho at the Idaho Comic Con, bro. Didn't make it to New York. People would have loved to see him in New York. Anyway, he got into an altercation with stabbers at his hotel when he allegedly broke a decorative dish and tried to walk away while police were filing the report. He has been released on bond. Can't believe Xander went out like that, man. Right. Get it together, dog. You know, that that's worse than the pumpkins. That is. Um... Alright, uh, so let's, uh, get into some, uh, fucking with black people news, um, for, for the show. Um, I'll play the song for real this time. We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time for the game that we all hate to love, to love to hate to play. It's fucking with black people, where we read news articles from all over the globe, and on a schedule on a scale of zero to a hundred, we score them in intervals of twenty-five for how much we feel fucked with as black people. Today's contestants is everybody still. One to twenty, Karen. Seven. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, here's one. Jason Whitlock. Mm. No, you picked it. Jason Whitlock wrote an article called The Right Way to Protest. Protesters in St. Louis brought the wrong kind of attention to their cause. What we saw Monday night outside of Bush Stadium in a, is a, in a verbal clash between a small group of St. Louis Cardinals fans and an even smaller group of self-described Michael Brown Ferguson protesters is the era in deviating from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s path for social justice. The path that got him killed. Because mm-hmm. he did it the right way and people loved him and right. after, after they killed him. What we saw Monday night in the shadow of the Gateway Arch and the clash between white sports fans and black protesters is the difference between baiting bigots and promoting racial equality. 
the difference is easy to discern baiting bigots is rather elementary you need only speak their language of hostility disrespect and intolerance and they will they will quickly join their provocateurs in a rhetorical war of racist roulette it takes no courage or intellect to unearth bigotry and bias buried just beneath the surface or in the deepest darkest pockets of our minds the struggle for racial equality and justice for the poor requires courage, intellect, and much more. Those pursuits demand a level of sacrifice, discipline, dignity, resolve, and love that cannot be found in the, on the, in the videotape on Monday's confrontation. What we saw Monday night was the philosophical disconnect and moral distance between the rallying cry of the civil rights movement, we shall overcome, and the rallying cry of the modern-day uncivil rights movement, no justice, no peace. Despite the one-sided, look at how racist Cardinal fans are narrative, narrative, or was that how, how you could see it? Presented by most news and blog outlets this week, there was a sad, troubling equality to the ignorance on display at Bush Stadium, a trend that could very well escalate during this weekend's National League Championship Series. No objective person should be surprised that protesters at a sporting event shout at profanities, give us our shit or we're going to shut this shit down. And advocating for the death of a police officer, Darren Wilson, would spark an ugly, hateful result, res, response. Ugliness begets ugliness. It is not effective or wise to demand respect disrespectfully and violently. A droning protest intended to intimidate and force submission fuels the resolve of your enemies and hides your humanity from your allies and potential allies. There is no excuse in the bigoted go back to Africa and get, get Africa and get a job responses of white Cardinal fans. But to ignore the obvious inappropriate trolling behavior of the black protesters is a form of hipster approved white supremacy that is equally dangerous. The not so subtle message is that we expect only one group to act appropriately. It will be interesting to see how ugly things get this weekend at Bush Stadium when the Cardinals open the NLCS on Saturday night. You can bet with all the TV cameras descending upon St. Louis, there will be Michael Brown slash Ferguson protesters hovering above Bush Stadium. Yeah, I'm not going to read all of this, but this idea of you need to protest the right way um, is is exactly the same type of like policing that black people have to deal with. And to me, it's the kind of thing that got Mike Brown killed is there's a right way to be equal in America. And that way is however we decide. Th those people were going to be racist, no matter what those car, what what those fans said, uh, what those protesters said about Mike Brown. Right. You know, and and to to say that, you know, somehow evoke this image of MLK, which everyone throws around, to throw around the image of MLK as if, well, he did it the right way, and and everybody understood and was okay with it. No, they weren't. They killed him. He'd be alive if they thought it was okay and non-threatening, you know? So it, there's no right way. So even the person you bring up as an example died at the end of a bullet. He died violently. A non-violent man died violently because motherfuckers didn't want to, uh, people didn't want to address him on the level that he approached him. You don't get to set the tenor 
of, of, of this discussion. Right. And you don't get to tell me because you don't want to hear about it. You don't want to be bothered with it. You don't want the cameras on it. So basically you're telling the people to just shut the fuck up about it because the purpose of going out to these places is just so you can bring it to the forefront of people who hack, who can actually ignore it if they want to. But guess what? You can't ignore it if a camera on the national, uh, sports section put that shit up there you can't ignore it no matter how much you try and that's the thing you have to put in the people's faces because people will ignore shit that don't affect them if they choose to because people don't have to care if they don't want to mm. even black people don't have to care about it if they don't want to yeah yeah a hundred i don't give a fuck it was a hundred when you put his name up there all right a hundred for me too uh here's one uh this is in the Huffington post by courtney carter Black men don't like black women. Um, mm. And when he get on, he'll leave your ass for a white girl's picture. Um, a hundred. Okay. Let me start by saying this. I know writing this article is going to cause quite a bit of controversy. So let's get this out of the way. I am intelligent. Not the, what society deems ghetto. And from what I am told and from where I work in the television business... I am attractive. Why is that necessary to say? Let's start below. Black men don't like black women. Yes, I said it. Mm. Not all, but many. And it's growing. I think I wouldn't really care if other races felt this way, but the fact that my own men do made me consider turning my backs on them multiple times. My backs. My boyfriend and I were having a conversation. He is black and Puerto Rican about black men versus black women. It started getting intense. And I said, you don't get it. Black men are viewed as sexy. And then, oh man, shouldn't you be capitalized? Anyway, I'm sorry. Black men are viewed as sexy and in a sense, in a sense, a trophy for another race. But black women are never deemed the most attractive. Other races are always seen as a trophy on the arm of a black man. He looked at me like I was crazy and said, you don't understand the black man's struggle. They looked at me like I'm a criminal. And in a sense, I might not. But I thought in my head, at least black women value black men. It's becoming rare to see the reverse. This is all, this all started because I was referencing a conversation we had when I was pregnant with our son. He said, lightheartedly, I hope my son has my hair. My boyfriend has beautiful soft curls, a genetic gift from both of his races. Mm. Okay, all right. That's that's what you said. That's your belief. I didn't make you write that. Okay, but my heart sank. What did he mean? I am known for being sensitive, so I asked. <clears throat> he said, "Courtney, I see you struggle with your hair, and I think it would be nice if he had my curly hair. You wouldn't want him to have coarse hair if you could help it. It wait, you wouldn't want him to have coarse hair if you could help it. What?" Wait, you wouldn't know. Okay. Um, some of the sentence structure is not right, guys. Okay. I'm sorry. It would be easier to manage if his hair was curly. That's all, was all I'm saying. The rational part of me thought about what he was trying to say, but no matter how much I replayed it, it still didn't sound right to me. What, what was he trying to say about my hair? Everywhere from pop culture to the hood, men are either consciously or subconsciously telling black women they aren't wanted. I have seen a black man not stare twice at a black woman who I would see as beautiful, and yet I've seen him break his neck for a decent, if I say, unattractive woman of another race. Huh? Mm. Why are rap songs all about white women? 
if you think i'm wrong listen to your music and get back to me granted i think everyone is entitled to a personal preference of who they like but when you start saying things as a black man such as i don't date black women i don't find them attractive i think we have an issue even psychology today wrote an article that spoke about black women being unattractive it is now taken down black men your mama your mom is black your sisters are black your favorite aunt is black do you think they're all unattractive as i've gotten older i've met many of men who uh i've met many of men who will openly say they don't want a baby by a black woman they want a baby by light skin or light eyes and good hair if i hear that statement one more time i will lose it that's how she wrote it all caps if i hear that statement one more time i will lose it yeah i think the the claps were implied right also there's no period on the last it for some reason if you don't support us black men who how do you expect us to be able to support you do you even want us to anymore? I never understood why it made a certain type of black man feel good to have a white woman on his arm. It would be one thing if it was true love, but some are just doing it because they want, they see it as a prize. Even as on social media, my heart will sink as, as I see a, as I see black women I've known from high school and elementary now say they're black and Filipino, black and Puerto Rican, black and whatever race. Just don't say you're full black. It seems these women have been conditioned to think they're not worthy if they're just black. These statements below are the most common things I hear about why black men don't like black women. Black women have too much attitude slash ghetto. Before I met my boyfriend's mother in person, she thought I was white. No kidding. From the way I spoke on the phone to the way I act, I have been dubbed the whitest black girl from my hometown to a city in the Canadian border. Syracuse. What, what? The, the point of this, <laughs> the point of this is that I don't have an attitude problem, nor am I ghetto. I will get an attitude like any woman would over normal things, but I have friends of many backgrounds i've seen asian women get an attitude caucasian women and latino women mind-blowing right i have many black friends who would prefer not to be confrontational and would rather just pretend an event never happened rather than address it most of my friends are educated and more educated than their significant others and grew up in from a family in the middle upper class backgrounds we are not all ghetto black women are unattractive i'm going to leave out beyonce and rihanna because duh but have you met a woman named Gabrielle Union, Michelle Obama, Holly Berry, Amari, uh, Amon, Vanessa Williams, who, by the way, is full black? People get off on thinking very attractive black women are mixed. Nia Long, Taraji Henson, I can go through this all day, even the women in my own family. Beautiful. I mean, if someone thinks black women are unattractive, there's no guarantee they think all those women are attractive or not. They might just be uh racist against black women or whatever mm-hmm. so that list to them is just a bunch of ew mm, not her you know what i mean and if right. you already think black women are attractive you're like of course those women are attractive what are you talking about uh it's all subjective anyway black women wear weaves i like good hair this is probably one the one that irritates me the most do men not realize all races of women are capable of wearing weaves and clip-ins for some reason they think only black women have wear extensions why 
i personally know many women of other races who wear extensions just like every race there are some black women with beautiful natural hair is that so hard to believe i for one am tired i know i'm an attractive female with a lot to offer i have a degree to to actually including a master's i'm intelligent can hold a conversation and come from a background more like the cosby's than the pjs do you remember that show i digress I know how to cook and I am known for being everyone's cheerleader supporter. Why do I feel so invisible sometimes then passed over? And most importantly, why are our own men making us feel this way? She put her Twitter, Courtney Carter TV. So, um, what would you give this one? Karen? zero to a hundred. Oh, this is a hundred. The reason why it's a hundred is because, uh, this woman has some personal issues that she's kind of put into the forefront. Mm-hmm. You have some insecurities that you put into the forefront. You have problems with just being black <laughs> that you're putting to the forefront. And it's a lot of times when people write articles like this, yes, um, there are issues and there are problems in the black community. There are problems with the way black women are viewed. I do agree with it, but the way she worded it and phrased it, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. um... Mm-hmm. I'll give it like a 50. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like Gamergate. You had a point and you lost it halfway through. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not uh, necessarily offended. And I say that as a black man, I'm not necessarily offended. I think it's poorly written. Right. I think there's a lot of generalities in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's some statistical stuff that she could have used to support her argument that she could have backed up with this. I think a lot of it's anecdotal. Um, I don't care about you and your boyfriend. Right. I don't care about, uh, you know, what, the, you know, some of your personal issues with, you know, you got friends that can do blah, blah, blah. You know, not to mention a lot of people are, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, will share her experience and mentality, you know, that because I've, you know, I've said on the show before, and I won't back down from that. There are a lot of black men that do have issues with black women specifically. I, I agree. And, and, and it, and it specifically is attributable to black men. I'm not saying that as a, oh no, I'm talking about the general misogyny of society. I mean, nah, I, 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 as a, as a black man, I've had this experience where having, I have friends who are white, I have friends that are other things, but the way black men talk about and treat their women is, um to me more of an issue you know maybe it's because i'm black and i know this more but uh i'd be sitting up here and be a goddamn lie we've talked about it on the show before you know i was on a basketball team uh where it was at work it was a work team everybody was older than me on the team and i would sit up there and the dudes were were astonished that i wouldn't cheat that i wasn't cheating on you like that was a huge deal to them it was like you not cheating what the fuck is wrong with you you know what i mean um so I feel like people, she had a good point. She like, it just, it was not illustrated by the points that she made. And she was so like, she generalized to a point where she lost everything. Like, right. She could have used a lot more qualifiers, some, uh, this issue, that issue with this person, mm-hmm. you know, saying shit like, why is every rap song about white women? Really? You can just, I mean, I own rap music. You know, what, what are you talking about? You're just saying shit now because you're upset. 
you know. Right. Almost like it's not a well thought out piece. You know what I mean? Almost like she should have reread it, re-edited it, took a lot of her personal shit out. Uh, because some of the things she's talking about, they're valid. Mm-hmm. Some of these issues about some of these issues are things that we have talked about, but the but the problem is that a lot of these really sound like real down to earth personal issues that you have internally that you're trying to flush out in this piece, and this piece is not the place to bring out your own personal issues. Yeah, there was some very personal shit in there. Right. You know, I don't need to know about you and your kid, or you know, I don't need to know uh, about you and the good hair argument, and then. Some of her own stuff was hurt by the, um, some of the stuff was hurt by the, by the, by her own stereotypes that she used to fight. Like, you know, she was letting little shit slide. Like when she said the shit about, um, the, my, my boyfriend's hair is a gift from both races, his curly hair. And it's like, but then you went, but what about my hair? No, what do you think of your hair? Because you just right that sentence that you wrote was was not from his perspective. That was, and it wasn't in quotes. It wasn't being ironic. You really think his hair is better than yours, right? And right, and and that's why I say a lot of this is is her personal struggles with being a black female. With you no know, black women have coarse hair. You know a lot of this a lot of there are adults that actually have a lot of issues from their childhood that they never address and then they write these ridiculous think pieces bringing up these personal issues that they never addressed never got over never fixed as a child and they want to act and they want to try to emote this like this is how everybody feels when this is not always true Mm -hmm. and the problem that i have her statements was so broad because there are a lot of black black men that love black women love everything a about black women wouldn't want anything but a black woman you know but if you read her article you were like well you just have an issue with just yourself internally that you're trying to take and push it out like it's all the brothers that didn't want you like it's their problem that they didn't want you or something you know what i mean so it's like okay we, we, we got a conflict of interest here yeah you personally could be a bitch right no you know what i mean like you well, people say I have a tendency to fly off the handles. You might. That you know what I mean? Like there's there's other times where people are like, yeah, um uh they might not date your ass and they're running around talking about, you know, um, you know, they they're running around talking giving excuses to you like, "Oh, I just don't date this kind of woman." But really it's your ass. Right. And my thing my thing is that there's nothing wrong with uh pointing things out and bringing things to the forefront for what you see because you see it all the time on social media where you do have a, a percentage of 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 black males that don't do nothing but black but but bash black women so like i said i agree with you from that standpoint but when you talk about that you need to talk about that specific group and not make broad sweeping statements that's why me and you look, look go completely different when it comes you know to this mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah um like i said i and the thing is um i like i said i feel like there's some points culturally mm-hmm. about you know black men and and how you know we do the um you know like the way that we talk about and treat our women you know um but i also think that people are 
very judgmental and they don't have the actual statistics to back up what they're saying. For example, if you look at married couples via the census, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, there's, uh, I'll, I'll put a link to this in the chat room so people can see it for themselves. Hold on. Let me do that real quick. But, uh, this is on Wikipedia. This is marriage in the U S this is from the latest census stats. Um, let's see. Is this an image? No. All right. So, um, married couples in the U S in 2010. All right. And they have like a little thing where it says like white husband, black husband, Asian husband, other husband. Then the top white wife, black wife, Asian wife, other wife. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, White men and white women, 50 million marriages. White men with a black wife, 168,000. Asian wife, 529,000. Uh, other wife, 40, 487,000, right? So they marry white women at a very, very, very high rate, right? right? Mm-hmm. Black men with a white wife, 390,000. Black wife, four million. Yeah, brother. Why do we get the rep of the like? Like, I hate that we get the rep of like we won't marry our own women. We don't date our own women. We because it's just not statistically provable. No, it's not. It might be how you feel, right? But that's the same way that when someone goes out to the club and they see like someone dancing with a fat girl, and then it's like men don't even want women like me anymore. They want the fat, ugly women or some shit. And you're like, no, that's your own insecurity and jealousy of that one person. <laughs> right. Like, that's on you. You can't put that on the entire race and everybody. Mm-mm. You know, while I do think that, you know, there's some problematic cultural issues with black men and the way that, um, you know, we value our women. Right. It is, it is still our women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I don't think anyone's and I don't say this because I believe there's a responsibility to marry your own race and shit. You I don't be, I don't even to. believe that. You marry who you're in love with. Right. It doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. Most of y'all most of y'all's marriage is not gonna work out anyway. So so that shit doesn't matter to me. But when you just throw up this false this falsehood mm-hmm. that that is just like, Yeah, man, black men, man, they just getting all the white women, they not they leaving us behind. It's just not true. No, it's not. You know, not that it should even really fucking matter to anybody, but it's not true. Is the the other part of this? If it does matter to you, it ain't true. Um, so yeah, and, and you know, and I and I get it in society, the white woman is valued the most uh, by beauty standards, economically, uh, upward mobility wise. I definitely understand that, and that's a societal issue, right? that extends beyond black men white men asian men <laughs> right whatever the fuck kind of men uh you know that that's the programming that we receive from the time that motherfuckers are kids you know um but uh yeah if you if you it's it's just it's just weird man um i don't know it's just weird that we get like this terrible um stereotype of like you know like oh you won't date me so it's all black men she might as well wrote the article all black men are gay you know right (laughs) right like like they're not dating us because they're dating men because they gay right (laughs) and and the thing about it there are black men that have internal issues 
uh with black women and try to and try to project because I'm a bunch of Pat Valen try to project it by oh, well I'm gonna marry this white woman because she's better than you. There right. are brothers out there that do this. There's huh? a lot of them that troll that right, way. Right. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. everything she said is not valid. I just do not like the way she articulated it. It's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's like. It- it says um 4.6% of married black american women and 10.8% of married black american men had a non-black spouse. 8.5% of married black men and 3.9% of married black women had a white spouse. Uh so you're still looking at you know um a very high percentage that married black women. You know, mm-hmm. 0.02% of married black women were married to asian american men. Representing the least prevalent marital combination. Um, so yeah, man, uh, do your research. Don't just go out and say some stupid shit because that's how you felt that night. Right. This is a personal think piece about her own personal feelings. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to internalize this shit and just turn it in that, maybe you just want the clicks. Uh, she since made her Twitter account private. So I'm assuming some of this stuff is not you know what's up you know she some of the feedback she got you know the other reason i feel kind of bad is and i I mean i I guess you should never really feel bad for people that write this shit but i feel kind of bad for her because i think it makes black women look bad because most people that disagree with her and get very upset with you know in addition to the fact it's not very it's poorly written it's right. very poorly written. that's the problem i have in addition to that a lot of people are going to walk away from this and go see this is the problem i have with black women black feminists black uh right you know they're always coming down on us black men and and i and, you know some of the more vocal people i've seen that basically said no she's full of shit has been a uh black women black women that you know qualify themselves as feminists womanists whatever some of them no label at all but i've seen a lot of black women come out with this article like no you know and i saw that i had this article like a full two days before people started talking about it and i remember reading it and going that's going to be a problem for her and apparently it was a problem for her right because there are a lot of uh black women that love black men will support them and some black and and some honestly and this is something people don't want to talk about a lot of the problem probably within the black race is that uh, we're less likely a lot of times to date people and deal with people outside of our race. A lot of times that narrows our dating pools, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're more apt to go, well, I don't want to date anybody but somebody in my race than other races. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you have to deal with the repercussions of when you make that choice. And that's fine, too. Date who you want to date and love who you want to love. But a lot lot of other races are willing to expand their uh, dating pool. Yeah. Also, I can't make you feel anyway. Nope. So when you say, why are you making me feel this way? I can't do shit. You know what I mean? Like you need to, it, the world is the world. You have to take some responsibility for your own well-being and your own feelings and shit. Right. You can't just put that out on everybody else and say, you need to make me feel a certain way. If you don't feel loved and wanted and coveted, then maybe it's, you know, this nigga that you're arguing with about black women versus black men every night. Right. You know, also who the fuck does that? You know what I mean? Once I get married, I'm never having the black men versus black women debate period. I don't even do that shit at the family cookout when my family does it. Nope. 
the fuck they got to do with me not a goddamn thing i'm a black man not i'm not all black men and you're not all black women and we're not having the debate which is a whole bunch of generalizing and stereotypes and gets into a bunch of offensive rhetoric right. and a bunch of tit for tat i see the shit play out on twitter every goddamn day it makes everybody fall out with each other yeah and i see people's emotional insecurity play out over and over again mm-hmm. and it's just goddamn predictable and boring and it's just everyone expressing their own hurt it's stupid don't do it nope you know fix your own issues all right we only got time for maybe a couple of these so let's get into them okay now that it's time for some guest race. that's right it's guest race time now that it's time for some guest race. that's right it's guest race time that's right, guys. It's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show going across all the podcast land where we read and play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestants today, the chat room, to guess the race. And the chat room is racist. All right, let's get into it. Um, Here's one. Um, um no, not this one, not yet. All right, here, here, let's look at this guy. Um. Police in St. Pete. Oh, Florida. Of course, Florida. Why any, anywhere in the world except Florida would this happen? Uh, they arrested a man for stealing toilet parts, guys. <laughs> That's right. He was stealing parts of the toilet. Um, uh, police in St. Pete say the man in this video didn't go to Subway for lunch. He went to the toilets for the toilets okay oh my mm-hmm. can i just use your toilet real quick uh sir why do you have that wrench according to st petersburg walking out here with the back of the toilet bowl according to st petersburg police 28 year old brian render admits that he has a drug problem and admitted being responsible you don't say <laughs> admitted being responsible for an odd rash of toilet flush valve thefts the victims who is the drug man paying for the toilet bowls the victims include cracker barrel Denny's, Hooters, and Publix. Oh, he must be uh pretend like he's a janitor or, or something like that. Like, how else is you walking out with the with the back of people toilet bowls? In many cases, more than one valve was taken. He worked very fast within a matter of minutes. Police spokesperson Yolanda Fernandez told Fox 13 News, "He's a pro." Many of the managers at the restaurants were telling us. Well, they had just walked out of the rest restroom and gone back in a few minutes later, and he had taken the flush valves. The city of St. Petersburg was also a victim with valves stolen at Sawgrass Lake Park and Albert Whitfield Whitted Park. Oh, so now can't nobody flush their damn toilets? He stole three flush valves, and when our city employees went in to replace them, they replaced two of them and took a break. When they came back, he'd hit them again and taken the two new ones. Shit! Mercy- <laughs> What was he doing? He monitoring the hot spots like you watching the bank. Most of the, <laughs> yeah, he what was are you case, looking out, casing, casing yeah, casing the joint. Most of the commercial victims had security cameras, so a detective had a good image of the suspect entering and leaving one crime scene. Scrap metal yards are now required to keep records of sellers, because I guess apparently he sells these to the scrap metal people. Yeah, and they just buy it from him because they don't for, know for crack or whatever. Apparently so. Um. Uh, renders multiple trips to county recycles recycling on haynes road is well documented pointing to a computer screen owner james roberto said that was them there's the picture id is is is, is picture and his fingerprint 
Roberto said that particular transaction for 20 pounds of brass rewarded Rinda with $32. The cost of replacement parts and plumbing service adds up to hundreds of dollars in each case. Right. Resulting in multiple counts of grand theft against Rinda. His thing about to be in prison. What are you, what you in for, Mac? <laughs> Man, grand theft. Oh, grand theft, really? Yeah, I killed somebody. Oh, wow. Grand theft, what you do? Oh, I stole a whole lot of toilet valves. Levels. So, oh, there's that. The detective also caught another lucky break. Rinder was arrested for retail theft a few months ago and was the subject of a warrant for failure to appear in court. He turned himself in Saturday and was still in jail when the detective identified his suspect and started looking for him. Guess the race of Mr. What was his first name? Brian Rinder. Toilet thief. He needed the part so he could get to the Mushroom Kingdom and rescue the Princess Pete. Rescue Princess Peach. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, you saying it's me, Mario? Meth fuel crimes. One who injures innocent pumpkin white is not shoplifting if it's not for sale. Joe the plumber. Heisenberg blue meth addict white. Method man says Linda Brothers. Oh. The same color as the powder he used on those in those pipes. So white they mistook him for the porcelain on the toilets. The correct answer is white. You guys all got it right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go straight to the bonus round. No music, because, uh, like I said, we've got to do our fancy football lineups. And uh, we can't be fucking with you guys, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but um, this is how it has to be. Don't worry. We'll play it tomorrow when we have uh, Dago and Nicole on from uh, the Breakfast for Dinner podcast. Woo-hoo! That's right. That's right. Um, Let's see. How about you look for an old one? Hmm. Um, where's the old one? Uh, here's one. Um, more public sex at Florida's most debaucherous retirement home. <laughs> Deputies had to arrest a couple for fucking in the open in the uh, on the top of an electrical box. Oh, there's a second such arrest in four months. I wouldn't you be scared you get electrocuted? Fucking on live power. Oh, Florida. Responding to a witness report of two naked people making out, a cop yesterday de- oh, discovered. Oh, they got naked too? Mm-hmm. They discovered Charm, Charm Gilbert and James Adams. Charm is 40. James is 47. Charm and am I right? They were having sexual intercourse within the direct view of the public at 8.42 a.m. <laughs> oh, shit. They didn't waste no time. Yeah, that's like that was in the bang van. Right. Gilbert and Adam were trysting near one of the entrances to the villages at the 55,000 resident uh, community that builds itself as Florida's friendliest retirement hometown. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. Friendly as shit. Um, it is unclear whether the couple resides at the villages, works there, or was visiting the 55-year-older community. The deputy noted that when he approached the couple, Gilbert was lying on an electrical box with her legs spread open. Oh, Lord. Gilbert's breasts were exposed, and she also had her shorts and underwear fully off, exposing her vagina. Adams, a deputy observed, was fully naked, exposing his penis. It was exposing everything. It was doing this for the thrill. Right. The deputy, Christopher McPeters, reported that after after ordering the duo to get dressed, Adams explained that he and Gilbert were having sex near an intersection due to them not having any other place to go. 
according to the arrest reports adams lived less than a mile away from the spot where he was arrested oh they had somewhere to go they could have went to this spot and gilbert's residence is only two miles away now nah, these motherfuckers swipe right and they decide to meet up in fucking public right See, they got a significant other at the house yeah adams and gilbert were each charged with indecent exposure disturbing peace and both mr both misdemeanors they're being held in county jail in lieu of fifteen hundred dollars bond now look if you ain't got the, the money for the fifteen hundred dollars bonds you don't need to be fucking in public you sure don't in june uh there was a 69 year old female resident at the villages at her 49 year old paramour they were having sex in the town square and got caught so um you know but she was 69 years old so <laughs> it's almost like you got to do it right um let's check the right guess the race in the chat room fast twitch muscle having newport smoking stand up in it kryptonian cicadas cicadas said linda brothers exhibition is white practicing porn that is too mature for grisham white bang bus participants uh red sonia uh, i don't know if you noticed a lot of races get in that bus all right i'm gonna need you to clarify yeah. exactly what you mean by that because uh i've seen many many colors of the rainbow in the bang bus oh yeah uh the notebook alzheimer's white they were they were unclothed so black white guy would have fucked through the hole in his boxers oh <laughs> yeah we would have said he had a timberland on her head and socks on All right like, white socks wesley pipes white uh, socks no shoes cocoon residents white couple make bell black couldn't make bell black a couple that wanted to give residents of the home a free show moldy old cheese white gang bang grainy white the correct answer Ilya. white And Red Bull, uh, Red, Red Bone Sonya says she's only seen white people in the bank bus, so. You gotta step your porn game up, girl. You gotta get the troll in these sites, alright? A lot of colors in that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the wheels on the bus go round and round and they don't see color. Uh, and the Leonard Brothers missed it. Oh, A shameful effort for my resident racist. I, I've never been more disappointed than Leonard Brothers than I am right this moment right now. Um, yeah. That's right. Fucking in a retirement home in public. Uh all right, let's go to our last batch of story, which is always sword ratchetness. Somebody always dies, which they do at the in our articles too a lot of times. A man armed with a sword object was shot and killed by the goddamn police in Kansas City, Missouri. Now it happened in Missouri, so it could be just the cops uh just killing an innocent black man again. Who knows? Who knows? Uh but he was armed with a sword like object and uh he got shot and killed by the Kansas City police. Is that close to Ferguson? Does anybody what know? What started as a domestic violence call in the Northland ended in a deadly police shooting. Now, I talked to the neighbor who got police to the scene. She's still shaken by the shooting, but acted quickly when she saw a woman in danger. This is the scene on Northwest 57th Terrace overnight. One of the only witnesses to the deadly police standoff told me what she saw and heard. 
and why she called police. She asked not to be identified. She said that he's really drunk and that I should just call the cops and, and, and stay inside, and so I, I did. And the music stopped, they started fighting and arguing, and then I didn't hear her anymore, and then I heard breaking glass and shouting like he was angrily kicking, sound like either the dumpster or the um, electrical box. When police arrived, the witness says she could hear police telling the boyfriend to drop it, then gunshots. We're told the man had a weapon and had threatened the officers. He was pronounced dead at the scene. While the witness says she's sad someone had to die, she didn't hesitate to call 911. She's a victim of domestic violence herself. I didn't want him to drive off like that or hurt her or something worse to happen because I knew how intoxicated he was and he sounded really angry. I've been in that situation and it gets worse. Police have not yet identified the man who was shot. The incident still under investigation. Now, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and really this is an example, Kelly, that we try and show people of not being afraid to call. Right. Now, witness says she was frightened, but having been in a dangerous situation like that herself, it was instinctive for her to call 911. Still, she never expected it to end like that. Now, if you or someone you know is in an abusive situation, call the domestic violence hotline. That's 816. All right. So, justice is served. He was beating his wife. He had a sword-like object and got his ass killed. Good job, everybody. Good job. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m., like I said, with uh, Dago and Michelle, uh, I mean, Nicole. Um, and don't forget to go to Adam and Eve, code TBGWT. Don't forget the, vet, the best of Rod and Karen on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, support the show. We appreciate everybody that does that. All right. We had a lot of fun here today. We did. This is a very special episode, though. And just know, guys, that when you are looking at child porn, it's no laughing matter, okay? Today on the Black Autism made a lot of jokes, but child porn is no laughing matter and is a very serious issue. If you or someone you know is watching child porn, feel free to call the child porn hotline at 911 and report their ass. <laughs> Right. 911 will connect you anywhere you need to go. I don't need campus from another state. They'll, believe you me, they'll, they'll get you to the right spot. Mm -hmm. The more you know. All right. All right, Karen. Until tomorrow. I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>